right. I'm here today with uh, Chris Willis, and I'm really excited. Uh, to He's one of the newest church planners with North American Ministries. Him and his wife are going to Anchorage, Alaska. And uh, uh, my wife and I had the privilege to go to Anchorage a couple of years ago when we did our, our Alaskan cruise. And we're really excited uh, to hear that God's calling uh, people to go to that part of our country. And so, Chris, for those uh, watching or listening today that haven't had a chance to meet you and don't know you, why don't you take a few minutes and just introduce yourself and tell us about your family? Yeah, sure. So, uh, again, like uh, like Daryl said, my name is Chris Willis. I have um, a wife and four kids and uh, two boys, two girls. Um, and we're actually from North Carolina right now, but we originally came from Sacramento, California. And uh, we all grew up in Sacramento. Uh, we were raised in Free Will Baptist Church. It was a, a church plant back in 72 where Pastor Larry Condit started that church, and it's still there active now. And uh, Pastor Condit will be uh, have 50 years come next year. And, of course, if you could pray for him because um, he's got the COVID right now, you know, like a lot of people do. Uh, keep him in your prayers. But we moved out here to North Carolina about seven years ago. And from that time, um, we found Cramerton Church and have been there uh, about, about four years. And uh, we've just been trying to seek what the Lord has called us to do. Um, you know, our God that we serve is great. And uh, it's a privilege. It really is a privilege to be able to serve him and, uh, you know, hear his call, whatever it is, whatever it is. And I tell people all the time, I say, you know what? Um, we're all part, every Christian is part of the body of Christ, and there's something for you to do. There's a purpose for you in Christ's body, and, uh, you know, whatever that purpose is, you're not going to have peace until you're actually doing it. So um, I see a lot of Christians maybe not having peace, but it's good to have the peace of God, right, when we're in his will. Amen. Amen. So what brought you guys from uh, California to North Carolina? Yeah. So, um, you know, it was actually the cost of living in California. So um, back in 2010, actually, uh, I lost my job because I, I was a telephone lineman and I got hurt and uh, we en ended up losing my job. I couldn't do my job anymore. And because of that, uh, I had to get a new career. So I went into accounting, which was kind of, you know, a sedentary job. Uh, that's what the doctor said, said, hey, if you're going to provide for your family, you need to find something where you're not climbing telephone poles and things like that. I said, OK, so I got a job out in the Bay Area um, and, uh, you know, it's just really so expensive in the Bay Area. Um, I mean, the medium house price, like seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. I mean, it's out, it's outrageous. Right. So. We ended up uh, renting a small apartment and we blew through all of our savings just trying to live there in the Bay Area. And I told the people I was working with that, hey, I'm not going to be able to support my family here anymore. I need, I need to either quit my job or like transfer. So they said, where do you want to go? And uh, Tana had always wanted to go to North Carolina. And and uh, for me, that, that was fine. So it just happened to be part of God's providence, I think. And um you know, so they transferred me out here to North Carolina seven years ago, and uh, it's it's been great. So I work in the accounting field right now, and there's definitely a praise item with that as we go along in this podcast. I'll tell you about how God's been working in, in that as well. That's how we got out here to North Carolina. 
Well, that's awesome. So you mentioned your wife, four kids, two boys, two girls. Um, are, are, are they, are they younger? Are they your, your kids? Still at home yeah, they're, yeah. So they're all teenagers and above. So, um, Rebecca is 21, Joshua is 18, Abigail is 16, and Daniel is 15. And right now the plan is that uh, the younger three are going with us, and we're trying to get our oldest one to go with us. And so pray about that. Uh, we'd love to have her go with us. Um, you know, if, if she doesn't, you know, that, that'll definitely tug on our heartstrings, but we just got to do what the Lord is calling us to do. So kind of walk us through a little bit of your testimony as far as uh, you mentioned you grew up in California, grew up in church. Um, did you get saved at a young age or did that come later? Kind of walk us through a little bit of that testimony part of things. Yeah, that's great. So when I was 17 years old, um, my, my grandpa passed away. Um, my, my grandma had remarried and after my, my first grandpa on my, on my mom's side passed away. Um, and he was a, uh, a deacon of the church, a capital free old Baptist, uh, one of the first members there. He was a Mason also and helped build the baptistry. So I, I kind of grew up in church, but I hated I hated going to church. I just did. I, I was pretty rebellious. Um, in fact, um, you know, I'm not I'm not I'm not bragging, but, you know, Paul talked about testimony and and this is kind of mine that you know I was kicked out of six different schools expelled out of six different schools when I was younger and um, I was definitely um, not following the Lord but when my grandpa passed away and I had so I had so much depression and I and I was really just depressed um, but my grandpa he was going through this kidney dialysis and he had a lot of pain and I remember my dad telling me that he was went over there and said, you know what, he's got all this pain, but uh, he has just this peace about him. And I knew that my grandpa was a Christian and, uh, you know, he wasn't scared about dying, but here I was depressed and, and, you know, doing things that I shouldn't be doing. And I was, I was scared about living, you know, and when he ended up passing away, that's when the Lord started knocking on my heart. The Holy Spirit started knocking on my heart. And it was a struggle, actually, because I remember it took a number of months of me of me reading the Bible because I really I did not want to submit is what it was. You know, I wanted the salvation that God offered. I knew that I wanted that. I didn't want to go to hell. But there was a struggle of calling him my Lord. Am I going to serve him? Am I really going to call on the name of the Lord to be saved? And so it wasn't you know, until a couple months passed by. And I remember I was sitting in my dad's chair. It was June 6th, 1995. And I called on the name of the Lord. I said, Lord, whatever you want me to do, you want me to, whatever you want me to do, I will do it. Um, you know, forgive me of my sins. And, uh, and I rem remember that time that I knew then that God had saved me. The Bible says his spirit bears witness with our spirit that we're children of God. You can know that you're saved. In fact, God will let you know that you're saved. See, so and at that moment, I knew that God had saved me. Praise God. So from that time on, I started um, actually going to Bible college. I, I, I went I had dropped out of high school, but uh, I had started going to Bible college. And so I was going to Bible college and I was serving at the local church at the church there. And I was associate pastor, you know, I'd been associate pastor at Capitol for about 10 years. 
um, going to missions and preaching, preaching to the teens, you know, the children's church, just whatever I could do, going to retirement homes and things like that, going door knocking. Um, and, but there was this, uh, there's time um, where I started growing my family, right? And because I was growing my family, I was trying to need to support them more and more. So I went and worked more and more and more. And I started putting these things that I was called to do on the back burner. And that's when I got hurt as a lineman and it hurt my back and needed to change careers. See, and um, after that, um, after I hurt my back, so that was in 2000 and um, 2010, I hurt my back. Um, you know, I was on the pain medicine. Uh, I needed to be on the Vicodin and stuff because I had actually herniated two discs and I had sciatica down both legs and I had what's called uh, retrolisthesis, which is where your vertebrae. Um, you know, you have three vertebrae in line, right? And what, like the one in the middle is off to the side. So it's pinching the nerves there. So I was in a lot of pain. And when I was in a lot of pain, um, it, it was really hard. And I was looking for stuff to take away that pain. And I actually started, uh, started drinking. And uh, it's a shame that I started drinking. But tell you the truth, that helped with the pain more than the Vicodin did. And I got addicted to that. See, and this kind of leads us to um, where I was drinking for a number of years and uh, we had moved out to now, Pastor Larry, he didn't he didn't know anything about this, but we had moved out to um, out here in 2014 at North Carolina. And I went back to California. And Pastor Larry had asked me to preach in 2016. And I had my kids with me, you know, we were just visiting out there. And I said, uh, Pastor, we need to talk. So we went out to go have some lunch. And I said, Pastor, I, I said, I can't, I can't preach for you. I said, I'm drinking and I'd just be a hypocrite. And I said, my, my uh, you know, kids would know that I'm a hypocrite. And I just can't do that. And so we prayed about it, you know, and it was like, you know, confessing, confessing that helped release the power of that sin. See, and uh, from that point on, so. September, uh, October of 2016, haven't had one drink at all since then. See, during that time, that interim period, I was wondering, am I going to be able to serve the Lord anymore? That's kind of, that's kind of what I was thinking, you know, and uh, now I look back, you know, God's grace is more than sufficient. But um, let's see, we started attending Cramerton in 2017. Uh, so that was just a few months after, uh, after that happened. And 2018, 2019, I started asking God, God, can you still use me? Can you still use me to, to pastor, to preach, to bring people to Christ? You know, I've seen God do some amazing things. I remember I um, helped lead a telemarketer to the Lord on the phone. Okay. Um, lead an 81 year old man to see God's grace is sufficient and, and he'll use us as long as we're willing. See, where, like that song says, we're his hands and feet, we're the body of Christ here on this earth, and God wants to use uh, us to bring people to, to him. So I was praying, God, what do you want me to do? And I'm just seeking the Lord. And I remember going to Ohio um, in 2019. They had the annual um, convention there. And I was walking around, and they had the Northwest, uh, ter you know, Northwest Territory 
booth there. And I said, and they said, Hey, do you want to plant a church? And, um, I was like, I was thinking, yeah, I want to, I actually want to plant a church that some inside me was like real excited about that, but I saw where it was. It was, you know, Oregon and Washington, Cal, you know, that area. And I thought there's no way that my wife is going to want to leave North Carolina because she didn't want to live in, you know, on the West coast to begin with. Right. So I said, I just told them, I don't think that'll happen. Right. That's what I said. I didn't, I didn't answer the question. I didn't say, no, I don't want to plant a church. I just said, I don't think that'll happen. And they said, okay, all right, we'll see you around. So I remember that in, uh, I got some notes here because you know what, it's so important to write things down because I find that we forget so much stuff of what God has done. So I've got a little bit of notes there that I'm looking at. Uh, and then it happened in September of that year that I, that I had this, I had this dream and it was this, it was, I saw uh, a man in, in white clothing, brilliant white clothing. And I said, who are you? And he said, I'm the North of all the saints. And I, I said, well, how long? And what I was saying, what I asked by how long is how long until, until I can serve you, Lord, how long until, you know, I continue serving you again. And he said, uh, two years. And you know what? That's real interesting because that was in 2019. And guess what? We're going to be in Alaska coming this year. Okay. So, but I was, uh, then I was licensed in October of 2019. I remember Dan and Cami Oden, they came to Cramerton in November of 2019. Um, and I thought, well, I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be planting a church. Maybe I'll just like take a church over, you know, around here somewhere, but their testimony. And I thought, man, he's got, you know, he's working in the corporate, he's got kind of a testimony like I do. And I found that very fascinating um, that, you know, God was having him go plant a church in Vermont. And then David Crow, he came in November of 2019 and he started talking about, you know, North American ministry and planting a church churches. And I went up to him and I basically said afterward, I said, brother David, I said, I'm not, I'm not asking for myself because I already had, it's kind of funny. I already had in my mind, I would just, you know, maybe take a, already an established church around North Carolina here. Cause I, I really didn't want to move, you know, that was part of, it. we love the area. And I said, brother David, I'm not really asking for myself, but um, you know, how, how does somebody go about, you know, to, to plant a church? And he's, he kind of smiled and he says, uh, well, you'd have to come see us in Nashville. Little did I know I'd be asking, I was asking for myself, you know, I was like asking for a friend, right? So, um, <laughs> and then um, Reuben Kaysen, who's the promotional director in North Carolina here, he came in uh, January of uh, 2020, uh, just, just a year ago, and he started talking about planting churches in North Carolina, and so I went to him afterward, I said, hey, Brother Reuben, where's the need in North Carolina? And he said, well, there's three places, there's Boone, there's Hickory, and there's Winston-Salem. I said, okay, great. I said, um, I, I'm, I'm interested in that. So I talked to Tana and I said, hey, we're going to go and we're going to go door knocking on those places, Boone, Hickory, and Winston-Salem and see what kind of you know reception we get. And so I had two questions. I said, number one, uh, have you ever heard of a Free Will Baptist Church? And number two, what do you think about there being a church plant here? And we got really good reception in all three places, right? So, um, 
And then especially in Winston-Salem, where this uh, black gentleman, he invited us into his house. I knock on the door, got Tana there, and his wife's sitting in there as well. And uh, I started talking. It's a little cold outside. And he says, come on in. And I said, okay, so I'm coming on in. I haven't even told you what I want yet. And he uh, he says, I don't even know why I let you in. What do you what do you want? And <laughs> his wife was looking at him like, yeah, why'd you let him in? So he says, well, you know, I was just a little confused because I thought you were my niece coming over. And I told him, I said, hey, we're thinking about planting a church maybe in, in Winston-Salem. Would you would you come to it? And he says, I'll give you one chance to hook me. And I thought, well, praise God. OK, you know, at least got somebody that's going to that's going to come. Right. And uh, when we left, it was funny. We, we were leaving out the door, front door, and his niece pulls up and she had a friend with her and she gets out of the car. She sees us coming out and she looks at us and she says to her friend, are we at the right house? <laughs> but see, that, that was just that was just God working. But there was this there was this real important um, turn of events, right? It was first, well, um, are you willing to serve me in the local area where, where you're at? And yes, we were. And, and there was this church in, in Goshen, uh, it's called Goshen Free Will Baptist. It's probably like 15 miles away. There was an opening, but I didn't ever have a piece about applying there. And, uh, this, uh, godly man, uh, Steve Crank, he went and, uh, took the church there. And, and that's why I never applied there. And, and I preached at a place in, um, in uh, North Carolina here as well uh, to look at the job. And, you know, I just didn't feel a piece of God for that. So I thought, but you know what, um, Tana, I said, Tana, I think that God wants us to move, you know, out of, out of the house that we're living in and go plant a, a church somewhere, not take a church, but go plant a church. So she was okay with that. Now, remember, she didn't ever want to move, but there was this progression of me saying, hey, I want to take a, a church. I want to pastor. You know, I think that's what God's called me to do. I know that's what God's called me to do to pastor. So she's like, okay, I got the kids on board They say, okay. And then it went to, oh, by the way, it's not going to be in our neighborhood. We're going to have to move and it's going to be planning a church here in North Carolina. And they're like, oh, okay. All right, we'll do that. But then come to find out, you know, the door for Winston-Salem, I was working with um, with some of the state people, but the door in Winston-Salem, it just, it ended up closing. But that was part of God's providence. And I started thinking, well, okay, Lord, the door's closed in North Carolina. Um, and I started thinking kind of pragmatically about this, you know, where's the need at? Right. And I, I, I say this kind of jokingly, but but seriously, I say that, you know, there's like a church on on every corner and there's a free will Baptist church on every fourth corner in the south here in North Carolina. Right. So I said, God, where's the need at? So I did this com comparison. I said, OK. Um, Google, what are the what are the largest cities in the U.S.? You know, one through 100. Right. New York City being number one. And then I'm going to go to NAM and I'm going to say, okay, where are there not any free will Baptist churches within 100 miles of those cities? So when I did that comparison, I came to number one was, was uh, Las Vegas, Nevada. Number two was Henderson, Nevada. And number three was Anchorage, Alaska. 300,000 people there. See, and with me being a dad, I didn't want to take my kids to Nevada you know, because of some of the stuff that goes on there, you know, Bible says that Lot vexed his uh, righteous spirit by living in Sodom, right? 
So I didn't want to do that to my kids. And I thought, well, okay, that's interesting. I did a little bit more research and found out that Anchorage, Alaska, you know, or Alaska itself, it's top uh, 10% of unchurched places. There's only about 20% evangelical Christian. I mean, it's, it's really a, actually a diverse culture there as well, about 15%, you know, Native American, um, about 10% Asian there, you know, 60% Caucasian. I mean, it is, it is somewhat of a melting pot right there, but also um, it has a, sort of a, like a conservative bent. So I thought, well, you know what? Um, that's interesting. I think, you know, from a pragmatic approach, I'm, I don't want to have to fight against socialism and stuff, uh, you know, or Marxism, um, if I'm also going to be fighting against ungodliness, right? You know, so if I can raise my kids, my family in a place that maybe has some more conservative values that I'm used to, um, and also lead people to Christ, I think that would be good for my family. So and uh, that so I looked at it that way. And then I asked God, I said, God, is this, is this where, you know, to go? And, and I got a piece about it. So what I did was I said, okay, I'm going to take a map and I'm going to show it to my family, my family, right? They were on board with moving inside North Carolina and planting a church. But what about going outside North Carolina and actually leaving, right? So I got this map of the United States and I told them, I said, okay, I want each one of you to mark out five states so went down five 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 you know it went down kept going down whittling it down and guess what alaska was left you know everybody was okay with that and that's that's what i had thought god was pointing to was alaska and the need there you know um with my background you know the the drug issue in alaska is very very real the alcoholism in Alaska is very, very real. I mean, there is so much um, domestic abuse there because what happens is people get isolated, right? I mean, it's wintertime. People are isolated. And when you don't have that sun, you know, that vitamin D and stuff, I mean, it can make a huge effect on people's um, psyches, on people, how they react. So what I want to do is I want to take the love of Jesus. I want to plant a church there that, and, and do four, four different things. We're going to preach the gospel. We're going to win souls for Jesus. We're going to make disciples who make disciples and edify the body of Christ. That's what we want to do. But I also think that not only is it, is it the preaching aspect, you know, and, and um, of course the developing the relationship aspect, we're going to have to get into the culture because we're not going to make a North Carolina church in Anchorage, Alaska, it's not going to work. We're going to have to look at the culture. And like Paul said, you know, he, he used, um, on Mars Hill, he used some of their culture, right? Some of their beliefs as a, an opportunity or stepping stone to point to God almighty. And so that's what we're going to do is we're going to use maybe some of their culture, see how it works out. Some of their culture to point to Christ Jesus, that he is the way he is the only way. And there's only one way to God. And that's through the man, Christ Jesus. So that's that's how we um, how I arrived at at Anchorage, Alaska, and that's kind of what we're going to do. Now, there's another thing too. There's also I think uh, a social ministry that needs to be a part of it as well. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you look at the beginning of the Book of Acts, as the church was growing, the apostles they got together and they said, "Look, we um, 
we need to make sure, I think my power on my computer is going low. I hope I don't lose you. <laughs> I don't have it plugged in. Um, anyways, the, uh, yeah, in Acts, they said, you know what? We need to find some men to help meet the needs of the widows, right? And that's where the deacons came from. And so what happened because of that? It said after that, that they started meeting the physical needs of the people. The people started listening about having their spiritual needs met. Okay. So that's kind of maybe the uh, the direction that we're also going to go like so, socially, you know, try to, you know, give people food, whatever, whatever it may be to say, hey, here's, here's what love is, you know, and this is why we're doing it. This is why we're loving you because God loved us. And we want to show this love to you as well. Well, that's a great story. I appreciate you sharing that with us. Um, and, and as I said, before we got on air, I was just excited for you guys to have the opportunity to, to visit Anchorage a couple of years ago and, and, uh, definitely, definitely a need there for sure. Um, I know you guys are just kind of at the beginning stages of, of getting your support raised and thinking about, um, you know, developing your vision and, and, and passion for that area and kind of figuring out when you're going to, you know, be able to get your support raised and get up there and get moved. Just, uh, for those that are watching and listening, what are some things that we can pray with you guys about? What, how can we help you? Um, what, what what do we just kind of just share briefly what what we can do to to be an encouragement to help and partner with you guys? Yeah, you know what? I hate to do this, but I'm going to go grab my power cord. Sure, I, have I to can do this because if I cut it off, that would that would not I be good. Edit, I can edit it out. No no problem. Okay. All right, there we go. Now my my power cord. We we got the juice now, right? We need the juice. So definitely, what what you could pray for us about is um, number one, wisdom, right? Wisdom comes from God, and. What we're trying to do is plant and water, but we know God gives an increase, but you know, there's certain strategies and there's certain ways of doing things. Um, they, they may not always be practical. So we're, we're praying for that wisdom from God that he will guide us in the steps that we should take. And the steps of a righteous man are ordered by the Lord, the Bible says. So we're looking for that. And, and we're believing that he's going to provide that for us. Um, number two, we, we are looking for people to go with us as well. I think one of the one of the tough things about Anchorage, you know, it it may sound, you know, it sounds exotic, right? Um, in some case, maybe like you know, going to a different country almost, even though it's still part of the U.S. But um, or Hawaii or something like that, you know, it's I think it's hard to get people to go to those places, and I understand why. I understand why it's you know it's not as practical in, you know, as other places. So we're looking for partners to go with us. And, uh, you know, if the Lord is leading some, but Hey, you're not going to have peace unless you do what God's calling you to do. I mean, that's just part of it. So we're looking for partners to go with us as well. And, uh, 
we need to sell our house. So you can pray about us selling our house. We're going to put it up on the market here in just a little bit. And But you know what? Um, I'm not worried about any of this sort of stuff. I'm not. You know what? I didn't mean... I didn't mention this one thing. Let me mention this one thing, which is definitely a praise item, okay? So because of this COVID thing, and I should have mentioned this in the story, because of the COVID thing, um, April of last year, you know, I was working as an accountant, and I lost my job. And they said, hey, you know, <laughs> we're going to have to let you go because of COVID. So this was at the time when I was determined to go to Winston-Salem. And then I didn't have a job. And then I realized that it was Anchorage that we were going to go. And I told Brother David in July, hey, it's Anchorage, but I got no job. <laughs> okay. So some people say, well, you just, you know, just raise as much support as, as you can. Well, you know, that some people can do that. But I think that we're finding, you know, especially nowadays, you know, it may be a lot more people being co-vocational, you know, having a job and also pastoring as well, right? Like the early church did. That's what they did. Paul did. He was a tent maker. So I'm determined, but I didn't have any anxiety about it because I knew that God had brought me through things before. And it happened to be that I got a call in September. I had no job, got a call in September, and this company says, hey, uh, we heard from your old employer that you're a good worker. Uh, we'd like to hire you. I said, well, where are you from? He says, well, we're in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. I said, well, Milwaukee, Wisconsin is not going to work because my eyes are on Anchorage, right? And they said, oh, don't worry about it. It's a remote job. Basically, you can work wherever you want. So God provided for us then as well. And I know that God will continue to provide for us. He's faithful who promised. So um, that's that's definitely a praise item. So that's what we're looking for. We're, we're looking for wisdom. We're looking for people to go with us. And we're looking to, you know, sell our house soon and hopefully be there by April. And the reason why is because we need to get into the culture and develop relationships. And the best time to do that is during the summertime in Alaska, not necessarily during the wintertime is kind of what I'm imagining. So you could you could pray for that for us. And if you want to follow us as well, you can go to um, our Facebook page, which is Reaching 907. It's just Reaching 907 because the whole state of Alaska, the area code is 907. And, you know, the Bible tells us in Acts that God has placed each person where they're at so that they might grope for him or reach for him because he's not far from any one of them. So, we are reaching, you know, God is reaching for those lost souls, and we're going to try to connect them to Jesus so that they can be saved. Amen. Reaching 907, you can find them on Facebook at uh, Reaching 907. So, encourage yep. people to follow that and uh, check out what God is doing. We're excited for you guys and uh, hope and pray that um, you guys will be able to, to meet those goals, get there you know, in, in your time frame that you'd like to be able to. And, and we know that God is able to, to make that happen. So amen. definitely going to be amen. praying for you guys. Thank you so much for taking a few minutes and sharing today. Thank you, Daryl, so much. I appreciate it.